0: Fascinating night. Monday night, the Wolves, after a really a, a poor January by their current standards, win at Oklahoma City. The game was interesting. Their position in the standings continues to be interesting. But maybe the easiest thing to talk about, the first thing we should talk about is Anthony Edwards taking shots at the refs. Uh, I, you know, I try not to talk too much about the refs. I agree with them. They, I thought they missed a lot of calls a lot of egregious calls i thought the calls did favor oklahoma city but john what do you think about anthony edwards taking on the refs and the wisdom of that approach
1: yeah it's dangerous i'll say that jim because i do think that if you've watched this season play out and as great as anthony edwards has been on the court which he has been great uh one of the um marks on his resume right now is that I do think he is starting to gain a reputation as a complainer, uh, with officials. He argues a lot of calls. And I think that a problem that you potentially run into ask Luka Doncic, ask Carl Anthony towns, ask a bunch of players who have gotten this reputation is that referees will call the games differently with you if they see you as an irritant as an annoyance as someone who unfairly criticizes them so uh so there is danger in being as frontal as anthony edwards was after the oklahoma city game both in his tv interview and then in his locker room interviews afterward that said on this particular occasion I understand why Edwards was very frustrated. When you see some of the calls that were missed on him, especially two of them, Jim, where in the first half he went to the rim against Chet Holmgren was clearly fouled and didn't get a call, and then certainly the one at the end of the game where he goes to the rim, dunks it, has Shea Gilgis Alexander, I believe it was, literally like hanging on his arm as 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 Edwards dunks. And he has to look at that and say, I don't get the same kind of treatment that Shea Gilders Alexander gets, who gets a very light whistle, um, went to the free throw line 16 times last night. And so I think all of that built up for Edwards' frustration. And so for Edwards to take it and say, I'm going to take the fine here, it was clearly strategic on his part to try and, do something different and get the referee's attention and say, something has to change here. I worry that it will not work for him, that it actually might backfire on him, but the frustration clearly reached a boiling point. And I think that now the key for him is just to move forward and not address it anymore. You said your piece, go for it. And now he's got to really scale back the criticism of referees over the next several games, because uh, this puts them in the crosshairs and that's usually not a good place to be
0: important announcement, at least for us talk North is going to be very lucky to have Chris Finch as the guest of the John Krasinski show, 7 PM Saturday, February 3rd at Headflyer brewing our favorite place to do shows, Uh, Minneapolis. It's easy to find GPS. It's just not that far from downtown, but it's got its own cool little area block uh, with, you know, just in plenty of seating. We've had big crowds there. I imagine this will be a very large crowd to see Chris Finch. We want to thank Chris Finch for making time during a very busy season to come out and see us, talk to us, and see fans. Uh, recommend getting there early, and we'll tell you more about Head Flyer later. By the way, this is the John Krasinski Show, uh, part of TalkNorth.com. Best way to listen to this show or any show you like at the network, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. You can also hear John on the Viking Update Show. Uh, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio. We want to thank Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, Headflyer Brewing, and Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. That's a new sponsor for the John Krasinski show. And John's going to tell you more about them later and give something away later. So hang on to the end of the show. Uh, this might be a relatively short show, just because we are going to talk for an hour on Saturday night at Head Flyer Brewing and have Chris Finch for maybe half of that. Uh, so we're just going to hit some highlights here and then we'll see you on saturday night head flyer brewing that show of course will be released a day or two later if you want to hear everything fresh recommend being there and Headflyer brewing is a great place to hang out all right uh, it's fascinating that carl anthony towns obviously went through much of his career feeling like he didn't get calls i agree with him he didn't get calls of, that usually a player of his ability uh, get. And he is still not getting calls and he's kind of calmed it down. Now, Anthony Edwards has step forward. What the, what role does, do you think Carl has played it right? And what role does Chris Finch play in all of this?
1: Well, I would say that um, I do think that by and large this season, Carl Anthony Towns has been better about not complaining as much. I think he has reeled a lot of that back and he is not as demonstrative. He is not as frontal with officials after so many calls like he was earlier in his career. He still has times during this season where he does argue. um, But I think there started to be a recognition for Towns that all of his antics that way were are not working. We're not, uh, they were not resonating with the referees. And I would argue that they actually did have an opposite effect with him. I think when you watch how he is officiated, when you watch some officials and the, um, demonstrativeness with which they whistle fouls against him, I, I think that they have they use his reputation against him a little bit, and I do think it, it it does not help him on the court. So he has taken steps this season to try to address it. And when you see when he is talking to officials these days, it is in a much calmer manner. He is he is not um, you know right in their face. He's not throwing his hands up. He's not whining and crying a lot. Things like that, which we have seen him do in the past. Now, what, what I don't know is what is the content of the discussion? And is he, is he being respectful that way? I, it seems like it is. Um, but I think he has tried hard to turn over a new leaf in that regard. Is it working? Eh, uh, some nights it is some nights it isn't. I think he, you, the issue with Carl more so is that he does commit a lot of fouls, especially offensive fouls. You know, he's, um, he, he uses that arm to hook on his drives, and he's getting called for that a lot. But um, we saw last night that uh, there was one, one, one play in the Oklahoma City game where he uh, got the, got a rebound, put his shoulder into Jalen Williams' chest, run him, ran him right over, and and there might have been a little bit of a flop from Williams in there, and then dunked. And that's a play that would often go against him. Uh, I've seen it. Many times over the years, go against him and officials not give him the benefit of the doubt in that in that call. He did get that last night, so it is possible that we are seeing a little bit of um, an improvement in terms of what calls go against Carl because he has changed his approach with officials a little bit. Has that affected Anthony Edwards? I think it it could. Uh, You know, Ant has now been is now in his fourth season. And he came into the league as a 19 year old seeing Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell and several players on the Timberwolves be very combative with officials, um, always kind of, you know, riding them hard, things like that. And maybe he picked up some habits that way. Um, You know, maybe, Hey, but maybe he watched Luca, maybe he watched Trey young, maybe he watched LeBron um, and the way that they go at officials and, is trying to model or, or taking cues from them that way. Um, so I think they're, you know, certainly Towns Edwards are not alone across the league in complaining because I do think that there are a lot of high profile players who do a lot of complaining. Um, but it does seem like, you know just because i watch edwards the most um of, of and the timberwolves the most of any team it just seems like it has gotten to be a lot lately again i understand the frustration there are fouls that go against him that are just egregious and um uh, or, or calls that don't go his way that are just egregious but i don't see this approach being a long-term effective strategy in doing it, um, finally, also long long when the answer you asked about Finch and what his role is, I think the organization in general has sent in clips to the uh, to the league asking for clarifications, asking for um, for them to pay a little bit more attention to some of the calls that they believe have been missed against the Timberwolves. That every team does that. Um, Finch is certainly very active in his conversations with officials. Uh, he's picked up plenty of technicals trying to ride for his guys over the last couple of years. And so um, I, I, I think that coming into this season, there was a bit of a an effort on Finch's part and on the coaching staff's part to sort of tone down their interactions with the referees because there was a belief internally that maybe they they uh, the, the coaches as well as the players were complaining a little bit too much. Um, I haven't noticed anything over you know, kind of that's over the top this season. I think they've done a pretty good job of managing that, that aspect of things. Um, But yeah, overall, you know, when you look at the the way that like Shea Gilders Alexander gets called, well, Oklahoma city doesn't complain a lot. Um, And maybe there's correlation between not complaining and getting more calls and, and maybe the Timberwolves need to start to, to look at that a little bit more in that approach. Uh,
0: Good stuff. I want to talk more about the Oklahoma City rivalry and how that game transpired on Monday night. We do want to let you know, again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studios. We also want to thank longtime sponsor, TSR Injury Law. We hope to see Steve Terry on Saturday night at Head Flyer Brewing. He came to the last show we did, and it was great to see him. Uh, Just remember this. If you're ever injured, call 612-TSR-TIME. They will help you. If they can't help you, they'll steer you in the right direction. Uh, if they take your case, they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. That's why they are such big sponsors. Because they can afford to sponsor uh, the Timberwolves, they can afford to sponsor this show. Uh, they, uh, you know, they're, they're doing great because they win cases. So six one two TSR time. That's all you need. To re- really need to remember. Uh, John, tell us about Head Flyer Brewing and your plans for Saturday night.
1: Yeah, super fun Head Flyer Brewing, Northeast Minneapolis. Uh, right on Hennepin Avenue, right off of 35 W. Easy to get to, and one of the, one of the many things that we love about headflyer Brewing is it's got a big open tap room, so we can get a lot of people in for for a live show like this. We've done several live shows at Head Flyer Brewing; they are always a blast. We've had some great guests over the years, and I think this one, I think, could be the best one yet. Um, you to have the head coach, Chris Finch, come over uh, on a day off in between home games and and join us for a little while for a discussion about the Timberwolves, about the season. We'll, we'll get into his background a little bit. Um, and you can hear straight from him uh, right in person. It's going to be really cool. You're going to have some great beers. They have awesome beer, awesome seltzer, and uh, anything you really want from, from a drink f- perspective that way. Uh, they'll have food trucks there. They'll have, um, you know, we'll have just a a whole gathering of Timberwolves fans to celebrate what a great start to the season that has been. And also to talk about some of the things that we've seen over the last week or two that are a little bit concerning as they, as they seem to plateaued a bit right before that OKC game. And I think it's just going to be a great sort of. Um, mid-season check-in on the Wolves. And so to have Chris Finch come out, be live, have a great conversation with him. Eventually, we will take questions from the audience. We'll give away prizes. We'll do all the things that we normally do at a great live show so you don't miss it. Head Flyer Brewing, Saturday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. Get there early. Trust me, because I think it's going to be a really big crowd. And if you want to sit closer to the stage, if you want to get a good spot, settle in um, and, and just watch some games on TV and, and wait for the show to start should be a great time. Let's clarify the time. Did you say seven or seven thirty? Sorry. I said 7. PM on Saturday, February 3rd, seven. P.m.
0: Yeah. Good deal. Uh, great. Uh, thanks to Chris in advance. And thanks to John for lining up, Chris. Uh, it'll be a blast. And uh, of course our network appreciates John's efforts in that regard. Uh, also, we have a new sponsor, Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing Line. John's going to tell you about them as well.
1: Yeah, if you guys have been to Target Center or even watched the Wolves on TV, you have seen a couple of guys sitting in on at courtside. One has crazy dyed hair all of the time, and he is up and getting the crowd going, sometimes getting into players' faces, sometimes talking a little trash, trying to make play some mind games with them. That is Jordan Dye. He is the founder and CEO of Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing. Oftentimes, right next to him is Craig McCall. He wears a hat, he has a beard and glasses, um, and he is always right in the middle of the action as well. Um, And then Keenan Burton is their creative director. And these guys have had for years now Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops Clothing, and it's awesome awesome clothing. Um, I've had sweatshirts of theirs. I've had t-shirts of theirs and shorts of theirs over the years, super comfortable, really high quality stuff. Um, and I can see why these guys are sitting courtside, um, and, and having great seats because they make a great product that I have been wearing long before they were, uh, sponsors of this show. And so Um, they're a local company. They, um, are avid, avid Timberwolves fans. And so if you, uh, identify with them, if you wonder what they're about, go to sglamchops.com and that is their website, or you can find them on Instagram at sglamchops, and you can peruse all sorts of different clothing. They have hats, they have hoodies, they have sweatpants, they have all sorts of very unique uh Lee designed and and great looks for for any occasion for you to check out sglambchops.com find them on Instagram at sglambchops thanks and welcome to the family guys appreciate you joining up and at the end of this program we will read a question from the Twitter audience and give away a beanie so stick around for that and um, and if you're if your question gets called we will contact you and they will get you your beanie. You can use the promo code JohnK20 for 20% off your purchase at Shepherd Goods and Lamb Chops. And that's JohnK20 for 20% off. jonk K two zero. Use that promo code. Get 20% off anything you buy on the website, sglambchops.com.
0: Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks to John. Thanks to our new sponsors and our longtime sponsors. We do appreciate it. So Oklahoma City and the Wolves vying right now for number one seed in the West. Along of course, the Nuggets and Clippers are closing in. It's going to be a great race. Uh, did I sense a little extra chippiness between these teams? And do you expect that to continue if they ever if they face each other in the postseason?
1: Yeah, it, w- it was you know it was chippy. It was intense, and I just watching that game. Uh, uh, you know, on TV, you could feel a playoff-like atmosphere in it, and to 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 have that sort of intensity in a late January game really speaks to two franchises that have been on the outside looking in for the last several years, and now fasci- fancy themselves as legitimate contenders in the West as they should. And so, when you they we went into that series or into that game last night with Oklahoma City having a 2-1 to lead in the series. And the Timberwolves were not playing well over the last five games. They had lost to Oklahoma City at home. They lost the big lead in the fourth quarter. Uh, They had two sort of uh, unconvincing wins on the road at Washington, at Brooklyn, and then they lose at San Antonio, very disappointing, with another terrible fourth quarter. And so you saw a Timberwolves team, even without Matt Conley, I think that was playing with a chip on his shoulder as, you know, having to show that any kind of skepticism that was starting to bubble up around them was, was not warranted and that they, they needed to have a good performance. And that's exactly what you got. Anthony Edwards was great. Rudy Gobert was great. Jaden McDaniels was great. Carl Anthony towns, Jordan McLaughlin, they played like a desperate team. And it's not often that you get teams playing desperate in late January, especially a team that was 32 and 14 and still, I think, number two in the West at the time. Um, But they went out and said, we have to get back to showing who we are capable of being. And you saw them dominate the glass. You saw them dominate defensively in the fourth quarter of that game, winning at 34 to 24, Um, And they went at each other. It was two teams trading, trading blows, hitting big shots, um, running each other over on the way to the basket, hard fouls, all sorts of different things. It was just great theater for a January game. And the Wolves got a win that they really needed to get to even the series. They are back in first place in the Western Conference. And I think that allows them to just settle down a little bit after some really shaky outings over the previous five games.
0: No doubt. Uh, they won without Mike Connolly, which is they, they had a great fourth quarter, which they hadn't been doing. And really interesting, too, because they, I mean, they had to get big, mm-hmm. productive performances from all their best players. I thought Jaden Mc, I mean, obviously Ant had a very good fourth quarter. I thought Jaden McDaniels was just exceptional.
1: Yeah, it was, it's a great point because McDaniels, you know, I think one of the things that has been underwhelming about him so far this season is. You know, he signs the big contract in the offseason. He had the injury at the start of the year, so I think that messed with him a little bit. But one of the frustrations is that I think against lesser competition, McDaniels plays down to the level of competition as much as anyone on the roster. It seems like when they play you know, teams that are not very good, you don't get a great Jaden McDaniels performance very often. And that's what we saw in San Antonio. That's what we saw you know, in, uh, against Charlotte. And, and so to see him now rise to the occasion against Oklahoma city in a very big game, that was important because not only did he play great defense on Chet Holmgren, Chet was two for nine in the game, really, really struggled. And it was a really nice move by Chris Finch to put McDaniels on Holmgren and have him really bother that you know seven two seven three 3 uh, dude from Minnesota. But um, but McDaniels really messed with him and it was, it was a very effective defensive strategy by Chris Finch, but then also offensively McDaniels was, was super effective. He hits the big three in the corner in the fourth. He also had a huge putback on an offensive rebound that you do not often see from Jaden McDaniels a little bit later in that, in that quarter to help kind of that 11 to two closing push by the Timberwolves. And so when they get those kind of two-way contributions from Jade McDaniels, it makes such a big difference because it gives them just enough offensively outside of Townsend Edwards, and he is imposing his will defensively. It shows how impactful he can be. It shows why they gave him all of that money because they believe that's the kind of player – that he is capable of being. It's been a little inconsistent this season. We haven't seen Jaden really put together a run of good games like that, but that is should be like the exhibit A of the Jaden McDaniels impact game. And if he can start to stack performances like that up, that really is going to be bode well for the Timberwolves.
0: No doubt. Listen, we have lots of other things we get to. But we're going to do another show, a live show with the head coach here in just five days. So I think we're going to save a lot of the uh, other intrigue for Chris Finch and let him speak for himself. Uh, for now, John, why don't you uh, why don't you tell us about the lamb chops giveaway?
1: Yep. So we I put out a, on Twitter just a little prompt for a for a question and got a lot of great. Submissions from Wolves fans. Um saw a lot asking about trades, asking about some rotations, asking about a lot of things, Jim, that I think we're going to cover um, in the next week or two, just on the regular show. And certainly on Saturday at Head Flyer, we'll get into a lot of the very basketball-centric uh, questions. So I chose this one from Wolves Back 4 who asks a little bit more about something that I don't think a lot of fans have any kind of insight into and it'd be good to get into it says what does traveling with the team look like for you are you intersecting the same hotels schedules flights do you ever get to ride the team plane and finally are you an expert in any particular cities because of the time to explore them on the road so just last week i went to washington and brooklyn and um i think it's this is a good little subject to get into because fans don't really realize it. um Media like us, most Bally, Bally sports travels on the team plane. I did sideline reporting for Bally's, um in those games in Washington and Brooklyn last week. But because I work for an independent media company, The Athletic, The New York Times, uh, I do not travel with the, uh, with the team on the team plane. And trust me, it would be much better or easier if I could because they get in and out very easily of of airports they you know they leave late at night they they land and get to their hotels and they stay at five star hotels and and do all this stuff. It's very you know very posh living. Uh, we in the normal media uh we fly commercial and we stay ge- generally at Marriott hotels. They're very nice hotels. it's not it's not like um you know some you know flea bag motel on the outskirts of a town. but Um, But it's just a different setup. So we're not traveling with the team. We do, though, um, when we are on the road, I often have occasion to bump into players, coaches, executives, sort of a little more out in the wild, which is kind of nice. You know, when we're at home, um, I'm home with my family. Players are are generally a little bit, you know, more homebodies. But when you're out on the road, people kind of get out and about. And so um, there, you know, I might grab lunch with, uh, a coach or I might grab, um, uh, dinner with, with an executive or, or something, or I might see, you know, one of the players just, you know, out and about if I'm, uh, you know, if I'm near their hotel or if I'm out just grabbing a bite or grabbing a drink or something might be able to bump into them and, and kind of having the opportunities for sort of organic, just little interactions. Um, that's really beneficial for reporters to build relationships, to build trust, to have you know, kind of conversations when there's not a bunch of other media around. The other advantage to traveling on the road is in the visiting locker rooms, there are generally fewer media in the Timberwolves side of things um, than they are at home. And so you kind of have a little bit more run of the place. And, you know, it's usually me and Chris Hine from the Star Tribune and then some Bally, you know, if if there's a side line reporter um they're there as well and it's just a little bit more laid back that way so it offers you know a little more opportunity for more interaction more more conversation and so um I enjoy doing it I enjoy getting out uh, out and about um enough to stay connected to the team but also not too much where I'm missing stuff for the kids and and for my wife at home so that's the strategy finally um any any particular cities that that i i enjoy i love new york it's my favorite place to go uh on an expense report you know and and being able to 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 not have to foot the bill for hotels and and a a lot of the meals uh that's it's my favorite city in the world and otherwise i'm a midwest guy i love denver i love milwaukee um i i really like indiana where i used to live for a couple of years so those are some of my favorite cities to travel to but Um, anytime I can get to New York uh, to spend a little bit of time, I try to do it because it's just, it's, it's just my favorite place.
0: New York's fantastic as a baseball beat writer and a football beat writer. I just love my trips to New York. I could tell you a million stories. Someday may I will for today. We're going to say, thank you for listening. We will see you Saturday night, 7.00 PM at head flyer brewing in Minneapolis. Again, it's a lot of space, but you might want to get there early. We've had, uh, we've done summer shows where, uh, the patio is overflowing. And obviously this time of year, people are not going to be sitting on the patio. So i yeah, It's going to be like
1: 50 degrees. I think Jim. So we good might be point. I seat would seat seat. say, uh, where your, uh, where your
0: speedos <laughs> and your, uh, and your, your tank tops. You'll be fine. Uh, no, it'll be, it'll be great. Uh, thanks to John. Thanks to our producer, Brandon Morton. And we'll see you Saturday.